0: hello everyone and thank you for tuning in to the triple play podcast I'm your host Wyatt Street joined by guys introduce yourselves
1: uh I'm Josh Strickland how's it going everybody and uh, I'm Bradley Kendall happy to be back looking forward to a, uh, another rendition of our of our show.
0: Yes, so for those of you who know us, you probably know that uh, when we were all together in college at Clemson, we had our show on Tiger Vision called The Rundown. Uh, Now that we're all out of college, we're bringing it back in podcast form, and for reasons of a legal variety, we are changing our name because MLB Network may or may not have a show called The Rundown. It doesn't matter. We're now the Triple Play Podcast. Uh, There's three of us. I thought it was clever. But anywho... We're going to be bringing you all the latest baseball news, action, and as I've eloquently put it in our description, analysis is attempted, predictions are often wrong, and hot takes are guaranteed, so you can expect all of that on this podcast. Guys, how's everybody doing before we get into everything?
2: Well, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I got the Braves game on while we're recording this. Uh, I'm just happy sports are back. I'm happy baseball is back. I'm just happy to have something to watch, I guess. (laughs)
1: I I would say the same on my end as well. I definitely have missed uh, baseball as well, but uh, for me, I'm doing pretty much the same. I'm uh, enjoying what's what's gone on in the sports world, but also reminiscing on some old Pirates highlights back in the day. That's basically what I I did without sports. So uh, the fact that our team is in the cellar, it's not going to change much of my daily activities.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Bradley. I I have a feeling that when we get to the predictions portion of this, we might uh, have to – Step on the pirates a little bit.
1: Hey man, we're we're getting that we're getting that top pick in the twenty twenty one draft. That's all I'm caring about.
0: Ooh, you're predicting it's going to be that bad. Hey, you
1: know if if you're gonna if you're gonna go bold, you might as well go bold in the right direction. So we got to rebuild some way. When you're spending thirty nine hey, million dollars what? in a year for all of your entire uh, organization, yeah, you gotta you Oof. gotta be pretty realistic. Yeah, fair that's fair an enough, right I guess. There. <laughs> I'm just taking after you with uh, the Redskins talk, Wyatt. That's that's what I take my uh, my predictions based off of.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, it's the Washington football team now. <laughs> oh, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. And <laughs> yes, and uh, we will touch on that a little bit later in in the podcast. Uh, so keep keep your uh, ears peeled for that, uh, all you lovely listeners. Uh, but if you guys are ready, we can go ahead and jump right into this because, as Josh mentioned, sports are back, and that includes Major League Baseball. Uh, but this year is going to be unlike any season we've ever seen before and that's not an exaggeration that is a fact Uh, because this season um after a lengthy back and forth between the union and the league uh that almost was so ugly the season didn't even happen um we've got a 60 game season not 162 uh and there's a lot of new rules so uh guys will we'll give our thoughts on on uh, these rules and what we like, what we don't like. Um, so 60 games, uh, for everyone who doesn't know the structure, 60 games, and it's geographically centric, so you're only going to play teams from your division and the opposing league's geographical counterpart, so AL East, NL East, and so on. Uh, 40 games within your division, 20 games to the other league's teams. A universal DH, so DH in National League ballparks for the first time ever, Extra inning rule, runner on second base every extra inning to start the inning. Um, and then some interesting notes. Uh, managers and players must stay six feet away from umpires if they're arguing arguing calls, or else they'll face ejections, fines, and or suspensions. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. And also the safety measures of no spitting, no high fives, that sort of thing, which as baseball players, we know it's just like second nature when you're out there on the ball field. And there's an expanded playoffs to 16 teams, eight teams in each league. And uh, we can talk a little bit more about that one in depth in a moment. But guys, just overall thoughts on these rules. What stands out? What do you like? What do you not like?
1: I think overall it's some of the changes they're implementing um, are going to be good. I think this is a really good time to be – uh, looking at some of these changes because when you look at a 60-game season to start, uh, it almost like is kind of like a trial run. It's like when they implemented some of these rules back in spring training uh, for some of the A AA and A games in the latter half of last season. I think it gives you a really good sample size and a pretty good overall viewpoint of what it would look like uh, in a 182-game season or 162-game season. Um, so overall, I like the moves. I think the runner on second base, um, if I had to predict one that won't be sticking around, I'd say that's probably... Um, on the top of my list, there the universal DH I've been wanting for a while. I think that's definitely if you look at the numbers, uh, they clearly say that offense goes up without the pitchers hitting. So I think that overall that one should stay. Um, and then the six feet apart for managers and players. I think the only team that benefits the most is probably the Astros because if they get in any sort of brawl, uh, they're going to be limited in how how much they can get uh, they can get beat up. So I would say overall I like the moves. I think sixty games was right where we needed to be. The DH should be staying. Um, runner on second seems a little lofty but I think for the short term it probably will work
2: so uh, my opinion on the universal DH uh, I know it's like a hot topic issue especially baseball fans because people don 't want the DH and like I, I do personally like the difference between national League and American League and that's one thing I would hate to see uh, I, I personally don't have anything against the DH I just per I, I like each league having like different rules it's just kind of interesting to me uh, when you bring runner on second this is a rule that 's been implemented in minor league baseball for the past couple years, and it does speed it does what it 's supposed to do. it speeds extra innings along because like, like so last night braves they they had a they literally on the first pitch, I think Dansby Swanson hit an RBI single or something like that like in the top of the tenth uh, it, it definitely does speed things up. My only issue with this is i don't think it should be in the 10th inning. I think it should imp- be implemented in like the 12th inning. So kind of like college football where you have to start going for two after a certain amount of uh, periods. You just you can start doing that. So that's my only issue with that one, honestly. Um, and of course, six feet away, that's just a safe that's just a health and safety thing. So I mean, uh, it's, it, it is kind of funny seeing uh, managers have to stand so far away they can't get up in the umpire's face and scream at them. So
0: yeah, that definitely makes things more interesting. I um I agree with you, Josh, on the DH in that um I really appreciated that baseball, its leagues had something different. It it would be like I, I kind of liken it to say in in the NFL if say the AFC did away with kickoffs, but the NFC didn't. You know, and maybe that's not the best comparison, but it's it's sort of like if there were a different rule between an Eastern and a Western conference in basketball slash hockey or or something like that. So I appreciated that each league had something different in that um, it forced strategy, especially in like a World Series, where when you went to the American League ballpark, maybe the National League team had a disadvantage because they didn't have a guy who was suited to be like the DH. But then the American League pitchers aren't uh, suited to hit, on the other hand. But I do think this is the precursor to it sticking around um, because I know there's been talk of a universal DH, and some people want it, some people don't. Um, so I think... This is this is the nail in the coffin for pitchers hitting. I think after this season, because I, I know labor disputes are coming soon for a new CBA. I think I think this is the beginning of uh, a universal DH full time. The runner on second and extras, I'm not a fan of. I mean, I it does what it's supposed to, like Josh mentioned. But um, you know, my big thing with baseball is you're supposed to earn everything. That's why I'm not a fan of the just intentional walk. You no longer have to throw the pitches. Um, but I, I'm i okay with it for this season only because this is a weird year uh, and everything's all messed up. 60 games, it's just, you know, if there ever were a time to experiment with things, this is the season. If you have an interesting rule, you know, maybe we can try it out. So I'm okay with it for this year, but I don't think it should stick around at all after this year as long as things start to get back to quote-unquote normal. Uh, as far as the managers and the players, the social distancing – it, it was really interesting. Uh, it's it's like Josh. I showed you the video earlier. Of, I, I think it was the Pirates manager. Actually, shout out to you, Bradley. Here, uh, he went. He got ejected, and he went out to talk to the umpire. And it's funny because before he stepped out of the dugout, he had to pull his mask up. He was bo- uh, a few feet away from the umpire, and the umpire, like before the before the the manager got to him, he like pulled out his mask and put it on before they talked. And it was it, it's funny to just kind of watch that like back and forth of like, hold on, pull up mask. All right, now let's go argue.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting uh, addition. I think it's a good thing that guys like Lou Pinella and Bobby Cox aren't around today while this rule is implemented. Cause you clearly, I mean, I don't <laughs> think a six feet is even good enough for some of those guys that are, they're spitting words, literally spitting mm-hmm. a total of about six feet. So yeah. I don't think it would change much for them, but um, yeah, I mean the DH, I think when you look at it from a fan's perspective, I do think with the, with additional scoring and the fact that you know, fans aren't across the board, very dedicated to baseball. I mean, it does fall within football and basketball season. So I think for the average fan, the best way I think you could do it's just to simplify baseball as much as possible um, back to the game itself. I do like the fact that NL and AL were always different, um, but from a scoring standpoint, I think that is what ML, the MLB should be focusing on most often. And then the runner on second, I, you know, I, Josh, I like your comparison to the uh, the overtime rules. I think the 12th inning is probably a, a good yeah. move for that. Um, I, I will say like I think overall it hasn't really been that big of a deal. I mean most, most extra inning games don't go past the 12th inning anyway except for some of those bizarre like 17, 18 inning games you see on like a random Tuesday night in June. Um,
0: but other than that – like, And that's what makes those even more fun in my opinion is that they, they just come out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, if you're already staying through nine innings as a fan, you're probably going to stick around through the 10th, 11th, 12th anyway. So, I mean, the longer you get to stay, the more free baseball you get. But that's that's pretty much what
2: my argument for moving it to the 12th inning is, because uh, most extra inning games don't go to the 12th inning in the first place. But if a game is in the 12th inning, I understand you kind of want it to end. I mean if you're the MLB and you want things to be faster, because that's what they've been trying to do for the past couple of years. So I, I just think starting it in the 10th inning is a little too early. 12th inning, I'm more open to it because, you know, especially if you're at the ballpark, I mean, if it's the 12th inning, you've been there for like four to five hours, <laughs> unless you're like a diehard fan. You're Most people are probably gone by then. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I just think moving it to the 12th inning would be a better move there. But Hopefully it doesn't stay around because I don't really like it that yeah. much. But
1: yeah, it was always fun in like twelve U ball on a weekend when you were in a you know losers bracket championship game and you just wanted to get home on a Sunday night. It was always fun to have the runner on second uh, in extra innings rule. <laughs> but again, like I think it is ironic how we praise as you know a, a country dedicated to football we praise LSU and A and M for going seven overtimes, but we get really mad when the Pirates and Cardinals go nineteen innings.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's I think that's a good point too because I remember. That game got so much attention, and that was wild to watch. And it, for me, it was the same thing as watching that like All Star game that went 15 innings, or that World Series game a couple years ago between the Red Sox and Dodgers that went 18. Like that was just so fun to watch. But I will say too, one thing I appreciate that they're doing with the uh, with the Ghost Runner rule is the Ghost Runner, if he scores, is not charged against the pitcher's ERA, which I appreciate because that would not be fair to him. Uh, to charge him with that runner that he is not responsible for and I did see something else too that I wanted to uh, share because I thought it was really interesting you could still throw a perfect for the first time ever you can because of this ghost runner you can now throw a perfect game and lose and here's how throw a perfect game through 9 innings right scores tied so you go in the extras you get the ghost runner on second not charged to you so it doesn't break up the perfect game all right you get him over to third somehow, sack, bunt, whatever, right, without recording a hit or getting a base runner, then sacrifice fly to bring him home. You've retired every batter you faced. You've thrown a perfect game, but you can still lose the ball game.
1: Yeah. I think already if you're you're working into the extra innings in the 10th inning with a perfect game – I think your uh, your offense already owes you as a pitcher about a year's supply worth of dinner right there because oh, yeah. that's just that's just absolutely zero production across the board if you're having to go an extra inning through a perfect
0: game. Sounds like Jacob Degrom. That's you know Degrom <laughs> yeah, exactly. would be the guy that that would happen to honestly. <laughs> and a part of me almost wants to see that happen because that would be so crazy, but I almost don't want it to happen because I would feel so terrible for that pitcher.
2: But yeah, like um. So last night, was, they mentioned it before, so Dansby Swanson had an RBI single. Uh, it, was, it was mentioned that it was the first time that the leadoff batter got an RBI. Yeah,
1: that's true, actually. I didn't think about that.
2: Other, other than a home run, of yeah. course. But That is interesting
1: how yes. they do count that as an RBI for a, a batter, but technically it doesn't count it as a run against the pitcher,
0: too. You know, I guess that makes sense because as the batter, you did bat the run in. But the pitcher, you're not responsible for him reaching base, so you can't be responsible theoretically for him scoring. So I yeah, guess that I mean, makes think, sense.
1: Yeah, and, I think it definitely makes sense. But from a statistical standpoint, it is, it is going to be weird looking back to see. There's going to be definitely be guys that lose games off of a pretty clean inning as a reliever.
0: Yeah, you'll come in and you'll, you'll catch the loss, but you technically didn't give up any runs. And, and people are going to look back on that game and go, like, how did that happen? Um yeah,
1: if this does if this does not disqualify uh, wins and losses, I really don't know what does
0: yeah uh it's it's crazy so uh and, and real quick, let's touch on the expanded playoffs because this is truly the epitome of of this season being unlike any we've ever seen before. Uh, so the expanded playoffs now eight teams from each league, so sixteen total. So the top three seeds in each league will be the division winners. The runners-up in each division also qualify. Those are your four to six seeds. And then the next two teams are your other wild cards, and they're your seven and eight seeds. Um, So eight teams uh, in each league. First round is going to be a best of three, and then it's going to proceed like normal five, seven, seven from there. Um, And... A note for the first round as well, to reduce travel, uh, that first round best of three, all three games will be played at the higher seeds, or lower seeds, I guess, wh- however you want to say it, uh, the host ballpark. So, say, you know, the Yankees, for example, they're hosting whoever, all three games will be played at Yankee Stadium, no travel, just three, two or three straight days, depending on how long the series goes. So, that's another way for them to try to keep things safer, I guess. Um, reduce travel especially when you get to the playoffs and there's no longer these geographical restrictions and guys what do you make of the expanded playoffs do you do you like the idea do you think it's too much uh is this one of those things that's okay for this year but not further what's your take
2: uh expanded playoffs i mean i don't want it to be like the nba the nba uh, the nba literally like half the teams in the league make it uh but I mean, for this for this season, it's perfectly fine because I mean, you have a smaller sample size. Uh, the the reason that the 162 games and why baseball why I like baseball so much is it you have to survive 162 games. You have to, you know, win two thirds of your games to win your division and stuff like that. You can't really do that. I mean, you can go on like a three game slump. And like it's equivalent to losing ten games in a row or something like that. So for this shortened one, expanding it makes a lot of sense. Uh, to continue from now, I know they're I know they were expanding to they were planning on expanding to fourteen anyways. Uh, so I, I just don't, I think sixteen's a little too much. It's a little too crowded. But uh, you know, playoff revenue.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, Josh. I do think it's interesting though with a shorter season. You know, obviously you're going to have a lot more teams playing in the playoffs, but I think it keeps the average fan engaged longer. I think with the number of teams that are going to be making it. And I think especially with, you know, some of the divisions we'll talk about later, just how there's a lot of teams that are kind of in that middle ground. We saw this a lot last year just towards the playoff race. You kind of had the the deciding factors with the divisional winners already kind of, you know, Finished up relatively early, but there's a lot of teams in that middle ground that, you know, might not have thought they had a shot early on, but especially come the halfway point, now that there's a realistic chance to make the playoffs, a better chance than not, you're going to see a lot more teams that are active, that are really trying um, to push towards the end of the year. And I think it'll keep everyone more engaged from a player's perspective, a manager perspective, but also just a fan's perspective. So I like it.
0: Yeah, I'm. I, it's another one of those things for me where it's like, uh, I'm okay with it for this year. Uh, but I do agree with Josh that, like, in general, um, it, it's a little too much. I, I like the comparison to, the to like, the NBA and even the NHL. I'll throw them in as well where they each have 16 teams. They have, like, the exact same playoff structure. And that, to me, is too many teams, you know. I I don't feel like... You know, when half the teams make it, you know, that's one thing that I've always felt special about the MLB playoffs is that it's it's more exclusive to make the playoffs more than in any other league. You really have to earn it and to win that World Series, you really have to earn it. It's that grueling 162 game stretch and then you have to be among the very top to make the playoffs and then you have to go through that playoff grind. And now, you know, it's a bigger playoff grind, um, but it's a shorter season. This season's all messed up. I'm okay with it, but I don't think it should continue because I think Josh said it, well, it's it's too crowded. It's too many teams. Once you get to like the third place teams in a division, you know, I it's less it's harder to argue that they deserve a chance. Um unless it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the the two wild cards all come from the same division kind of thing. But I, it's harder to argue that those third place teams deserve a chance. And, and even like this year, too, with that, it's potential that two teams, um, those two wildcards, those seven and eights, could come from the same division. One division could theoretically send four teams, four of their five teams. I find that highly unlikely, but technically it's possible. And it's hard for me to believe that a fourth place team in a division is worthy of a playoff spot, but it could technically happen.
1: I think in a shorter season, yeah, this is definitely obviously an anomaly. I think this is the only way we could really make it work to where it is. You know, still a good representation of the best teams. I think when you're going to look at an entire 60-game season and how short that's going to be, you know, there's a realistic chance with the shortened playoff format, you'd have some very, very legitimate squads that might not have had that good of a run, you know, technically a third of the way through the season, that still get in. So I think from a playoff perspective, you'll at least have a good representation of all the teams that should make it and i think it'll make a very entertaining playoffs now in a long season i think you guys are right 162 games you need to cut that down you've already played a lot of baseball cut it down to the teams that deserve it the most but i think right now with the short season i think it'll make the playoffs even that much more entertaining and you're right josh tv revenue that goes a long way especially now tv revenue
2: um and, and another another thing about it another uh, argument for it for especially for the shortened year 60 games into last year the Washington Nationals weren't doing so hot and then they made a huge run and made won the World Series. So I mean you, you we're we're taking away uh, with the expanded playoffs you give teams that have not such a good start a, yeah. uh, an, an extra chance to try to make the playoffs and maybe make a run like the Nationals did. But I mean times cut a little short for though for those kind of teams though. So it, it's kind of just a sprint. It's not It's not a marathon this year.
0: Yeah, and that's, Josh, I think you took the words right out of my mouth there with the sprint, not a marathon thing. Um, and that's something I, I was going to bring up, too, when we get to our predictions, is that that's something that could really impact this season more than any other season. Because in a 162-game stretch, you can stumble out of the gate. And you've got time to recover. The Nationals last season, like you mentioned, are the perfect example of that, where they, you know, after March or whatever it was, you could have asked anybody, even the most diehard National fans, where they thought this team was going to end the season, and they would have told you, it's, it's dead in the water. This season's already lost. And then they turned it around and won the World Series. And on the flip side, you've seen teams that start so hot out of the gates and then they just hit a brick wall And they can't find their rhythm anymore. They slump too hard. They fall out of the race and then that's it. So those teams now that start hot, they're more benefited because they don't have as much time to get cold and lose their uh, groove and vice versa. The teams that slow down or have a slow start out of the gates, now you don't have time to recover. If you're going to start slow, you better get it together within the first week or so. Otherwise, it could be game over just as soon as the season started. So that's something we'll have to keep in mind as the season progresses as well, because those teams that start slow, they don't have as much time to recover, and the same for the players in in terms of their uh, you know uh, races for awards and stuff.
1: Yeah, but I think it, if you look at it, you know, again from the postseason perspective, it will be really cool to see some of those teams that might not have normally made it in. I mean, you might even have like a March Madness style um, tournament with the way we see that you know how that tournament plays out and you get upsets, you got teams that you know really didn't expect much that end up making a run it'd be cool to see if you know later on down the road in 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 october november if we do see a team that was that 16th team that gets in that just suddenly makes a run i think it'll make it really entertaining but it could play itself out where it you know would be like normal we just have to wait and see
0: Yeah, and I think we've seen, too, with the playoffs as well in baseball before. Baseball, truly, more than any other sport, is that sport where anything can happen. Sometimes you don't have to be the best team. You just have to be the hotter team. And now with this playoff structure, like you mentioned there, Bradley, I think it's interesting to note. We could see that 7th or 8th seed make that run and potentially compete for a World Series if they get hot at the right time. And that would certainly make things interesting. And If that were to happen, then that begins the argument of potentially keeping this playoff series or this playoff format around for longer. So I think the future of this playoff format is really going to hinge entirely on how it plays out, because if it gets a chalky bracket, then yeah, I don't think we'll see more of it. But if we see those eight seeds, those seventh seeds make deep runs there's reason to believe that in arguments that it might come or uh, it might stick around or at least a more expanded version of a playoff could stick around so it'll be interesting to watch that but let's move on now real quick i want to give some shout outs to the international baseball leagues because while baseball has returned here in america baseball has already been played for quite some time in other countries uh, first to return was Taiwan in the Chinese Professional Baseball League. Uh, shout out to the China Trust brothers over there. They won the first half, uh, so they have qualified for the playoffs there. Um, in the KBO in Korea, the NC Dinos currently lead that league with a 44-21-2 and 21 and two record. And then in Japan in the NPB, the Yomiuri Giants lead the Central League, and the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks lead the Pacific League currently right now. Uh, Guys, have you been following the other leagues at all? I've been kind of keeping an eye on the KBO a little bit. Um, My poor Eagles are in dead last, but that's okay.
2: Um, I followed along with it for a couple games in the beginning, and that was just because I was struggling and I needed sports. I need that sports injection. But uh, waking up at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning is not always feasible. (laughs) For, uh, for me, so I have not been keeping up with them lately. I have been keeping up with their antics of when people post stuff on Twitter and stuff like that, but uh, I have not been keeping close... I have not been watching as closely as I probably should have, but you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I gave it a solid couple of games as well, Josh. I did get into it a little with DraftKings because I was desperate to uh, I, I guess technically lose, lose some money because I did not do well in my two uh, Korean League predictions, but uh, you had to set lineups probably like 3.30 a.m. and that just... I forgot too many times, so I wasn't willing to do that. I will say, shout out to the NC Dinos, man. They got the best mascot, if not in Korea, probably the entire world, uh, with Swole Swole Daddy. Big, big fan of Swole Daddy. Oh,
0: yeah. Long live Swole Daddy. He's great. Um, Yeah, I've seen a... I've watched uh, three or so of the CPBL games. Um, They're fun to watch Uh, the KBO. I've seen a few of their games. Um, Like Josh mentioned, it's really hard to wake up that early or stay up that late, uh, depending on which direction you take with it. But uh, what's nice is sometimes they have them still on demand on ESPN. So I've, I've watched a few of them like in the afternoon, the next day, Um, not live, but still fun to watch. It's really cool to see the differences in the cultures, uh, the baseball cultures. And, um, because I've always known there's a big difference in Asian baseball culture, and it's really fun to kind of see a little bit of that, uh, even without the fans. I know the fans are what really make it, and they're starting to allow some fans back in limited capacities in Taiwan and Korea, and I don't, I'm not I'm not, sh- I'm not sure about Japan yet. Um, so that's really promising uh, to, to MLB fans that maybe if things progress here, we could see a limited capacity of fans come playoff time, at least in an optimistic best-case scenario. So... They're giving us some uh, good models to follow as well, at least in terms of the way to, to work these sports uh, around. So it's fun to watch. Um, but I'd like to, to keep an eye on these leagues at least a little bit, at least following the standing. So maybe sometimes throughout these episodes, I'll, I'll throw out some uh, shout outs to the teams and, and when there's fun stuff to, uh, you know, somebody clenches a playoff spot or whatever. So I'll keep, keep everybody posted on what's happening in, uh, in other leagues. But now let's get into the fun, juicy part of this show our quote unquote preseason predictions. It's three days into the season, so it's it still holds. Um let's start off with the two biggest awards, the Cy Young and the MVP, and then we'll give our playoffs. So guys, American League Cy Young, uh who do you think's taking it home this year?
2: Well, um obviously there's not a lot to go off of, but um Shane Bieber had a really good start for the Indians he had 14 strikeouts I mean he had a really good one over there for the American League Uh, of course Yankees have Garrett Cole he's always going to be a force to be reckoned with over there he's probably Garrett Cole is probably gonna be my pick it's kind of a safe pick but I mean I think he's going to dominate especially with the competition he's playing because he's got to play the Rays the Marlins uh, play the Mets a little bit Mets have a decent lineup but uh, uh, I think Garrett Cole can really dominate with the teams he's playing against so uh, i'm going with him
1: yeah i hate to be the boring uh second one at the table but i'm gonna take garrett cole as well i think a lot of my predictions based around you know trying to find some consistency and some predictability amongst what we're going to find this season and i think garrett cole with that massive contract uh, is about to surefire a, a good season as you can get uh two things i think are really going to really shape his season well you know I know being in New York with that massive contract comes with a lot of expectations. You're not going to have any fans, so you're not going to have the Yankees fans there breathing down your neck every single night, uh, which makes things, I think, a lot more relaxing up there when you're alone on the mound uh, on your pile of three or $400 million. Uh, and then one-sixth of his schedule is against the Orioles. Josh, I know you mentioned the teams that he's going to face this year. Uh, you got the Orioles, Blue Jays, a couple games against the Mariners. I mean, across the board, it's going to be a relatively manageable slate of 12 or 13 games for Cole and just with his you know insane stuff he's got I think you combine that you get a pretty good uh, pretty good combination there so I'd give I'd give Cole a nod
0: yeah I think uh Cole's going to be high up in that voting I'm going to be the lone ranger here who doesn't pick Cole though um, so I'll go I'll go against the grain I, I think Cole's a great pick I think he's definitely going to have a great season uh, if there were still an all-star game probably a, a contender for being the all-star starter for the AL and like you mentioned Bradley I think no fans is actually going to help him with his transition to New York because that's one of the things we saw like guys like Giancarlo Stanton when they joined the Yankees, they had a tough, he had a tough start, but this year he's come out of the gates on fire. And I think part of that is because he doesn't have those fans breathing down his neck um, every single game, every single at bat uh, because like a week into the season last year, they were booing Stanton. Um, So, you know, those Yankees fans will turn on you in a heartbeat. Uh, I'm going to go with the other name that Josh mentioned though. I'm picking Shane Bieber, uh, all-star game MVP last year. And, uh, like Josh mentioned, he started off the season 14 Ks. Uh, he's really the perennial ace there, uh, in Cleveland. Um, Last year he was fifteen and eight. Uh, he had two hundred fifty nine strikeouts. He was fourth in the Cy Young voting. He had a fantastic season last year. Uh, looking at his stats, he's, he's only improved. You know, he improved uh, significantly from year one to year two last year. Now in year three, he's really settling in comfortably. He's he's the he's the main guy there in Cleveland. I think he's really going to shoulder that load and lead that team quite well on the bump. And I think he's going to step it up this year. And I think he's going to uh, shine out, have a breakout season quote-unquote, and uh, take home the hardware.
1: I like the pick. Shane Bieber was up there for me as well. I think Clevenger is another uh, guy to mention as well. I think with the uh, Indians rotation, he really turned it on big second half of the year last year and then had a tremendous uh, offseason, just getting a lot of work in and just getting stronger, so – I think if the, if the uh, if the hair carries him forward like it has Trevor Lawrence, I uh, I think I think Clevenger could really have a massive breakout year. Uh, but yeah, Bieber's going to be an interesting interesting look. I think between the two of them, kind of dueling it out in the clubhouse for that number one spot. I think both of them could have really really productive years, and uh, who knows? You know, you could see the Cy Young back in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to watch those guys. That is a that is a solid two headed monster right there in Cleveland. Um, but now let's move on to the National League side of things, guys. Who do you think uh, we've seen Degrom win? Uh, I think the past two Cy Youngs uh, with a significant lack of run support because, well, Mets. So uh, can he can he do it again, or does somebody else take home the hardware this year?
2: Well, I'm going to be honest with you. It's probably going to stay in the NL East. The National League Cy Young has gone to the NL East the past four years, and uh, I'm g- i I got to go with DeGrom again. I mean, he, he, he's already had one start so far, and it's, it was pretty dominant. He only pitched like six innings, though. Uh, they, only, they pulled the rope on him, but he was pitching a masterful game. Like He was destroying my Atlanta Braves. But, uh, but another I'll, I'll, I'll throw out another name, though. Kyle Hendricks. For the Cubs, he, he pitched a complete Ooh. game. He had nine strikeouts. He pitched only 104 pitches in this complete game. So he, he's going to be an interesting one to watch for this whole year because he just had a masterful beginning of the year. So Kyle Hendricks
1: would be my, uh, I don't know, I, I guess uh, dark horse. That's, that'll be interesting. I watched a, a bit of that game with Hendricks, and you want to talk about a guy that just is the the king of efficiency. I mean, if he, if he is keeping that pitch count down all year, uh, that's going to be huge, especially with this, you know, just quick sprint of a push, having to pitch probably more often and quicker than he would have liked. Um, he's got the stuff to do it. So, Josh, I like the pick. I'm going to go out on a limb as well, uh, just a little off the radar. Uh, again, I told y'all I'd be giving a shout out to uh, Jonas' team at some point. I like Jack Flaherty this year. I don't know if he's actually going to win the Cy Young, but just to kind of change things up after a Garrett Cole pick in the AL, um, Flaherty with a 2.75 ERA last year. Uh, you want to talk about a team again that's just the definition of consistency. The Cardinals have done it across the board. Uh, he's kind of an emerging star in that clubhouse, and I think with again, like like I was saying with Cole, the schedule is really going to play out in his favor. I know Wyatt and I, you were talking on air about how the Central is, you know, not bad this year. It's a little bit down. You've got the Pirates and Cellar, obviously, but a couple other teams that you know could go through some cold and hot spurts. So I think if Flaherty puts it all together, he's got the talent and he's young enough where. Uh it's definitely possible for him to kind of have like a uh like a breakout year that we saw with a couple guys out in the AL the last few years. So we'll see. I think Scherzer, I'm really wrestling with that, but I think with the short season, the injury bug's probably gonna get to him. Um so I think Flaherty could put together a Blake Snell like season if if he really turns it on.
0: Bradley, I, I really like that pick, actually. I wasn't I didn't even think about Flaherty at first, but yeah, I know he's uh, he's a great pick out there in St. Louis, the perennial ace of that squad. He, I don't know if you guys uh, have played the show any recently, but playing against him in the show is just impossible. He is disgusting and he's filthy in real life as well. Um, Bradley, I like that pick. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it in the central, um, but uh, and, and I, I'm gonna acknowledge it before you guys say anything. It might be a little bit of a homer pick, uh, but I'm gonna go with Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds. Um, he's he's ace stuff he started game two sunny gray I guess is the quote unquote ace if you go by that um, but uh, the the great uh, first game 11 strikeouts only the one run given up in six innings and um, really part of a three-headed monster with Gray and Bauer uh, there in Cincinnati. But I think you know he was an all-star last year, really stepped it up um, in his third season. And I think just like I, I predicted with Shane Bieber stepping it up in year three, I think in year four for Castillo, he takes another big step forward and, and kind of takes the lead and be, becomes that ace that the Reds have wanted him to become or expect him to become as he uh, begins to get into the prime and, and of his career and really begins to settle in. Um, I and I know Reds fan, I get it, but I, I'm really high on Castillo. He's got one of the best change ups in baseball. I mean, it is absolutely filthy, and I think he's gonna ride that all the way to the hardware.
1: Normally, I'd say why that's a complete homer pick, you're out of your mind, but honestly, I would have him in my top three anyway, so <laughs> I can't blame you one bit. I mean,
2: it's still a solid pick. I'm still gonna, it's still a homer pick though, but uh, it's a solid homer pick. It's not yeah. completely out there, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not picking him solely because he's a red. I'm just picking him because he's a red and he's a great stuff. Um, but now let's talk about MVPs. Uh, we'll start with the American League as usual. Uh, American League MVP, I know Mike Trout's always in this conversation. Um, is this another Trout year or do we see someone else take it home?
2: Uh, it could be. The Angels are going to be an interesting team to watch because they – They seem to have all the tools to actually put Mike Trout in the playoffs, but uh, they are the Angels, so it's going to be interesting. But my pick is going to be Stanton up with the Yankees because I think the shortened season, I think he can actually – go through if he as long as he gets no injuries which I know is a huge if but I think the short season will help out reduce those injuries and hopefully he can actually play for the whole season and if he can then he is going to destroy a lot of baseball so I think Stan's a good pick on my end
1: yeah I'm gonna go Mike Trout I think it's again just kind of the safe pick I will say though the Stan pick is interesting because I think this season is going to define what it looks like to look at the season from a, a very very short survey and you're really only going to have a couple guys that really just get hot all of a sudden through two weeks and that's all it's going to take so I, I take trout but not with a lot of confidence because i think he's better off over the course of a large sample size for the whole season and he's probably and gonna end up getting out beat uh, beaten out by someone that just tears it up for like a two three week period and just that carries him throughout the rest of the year so I take Trout just because I really can't think of anyone better, but I like the Stanton idea. And honestly, I think that's probably the type of guy that would end up winning it.
0: Yeah, I think that's – both of those are good picks. It's it's never – you can't really go wrong with, with Trout, honestly. And uh, Stanton, like I mentioned earlier, one thing that helps him is no fans. So if he does start to slip at any point, he doesn't have the Yankees fans, at least in person, breathing down his neck. Um, So it it takes away a little bit of that psychological aspect. So it can help him stay the course a little bit, I think. But um, again, I'm going to keep it in the same division as Bradley. I'm going to stay out West. And this one might be a little off the wall. I may regret this later, but I'm going to go with Matt Chapman of the Oakland Athletics.
2: Interesting. Okay. Um,
0: Okay. He's – Really good, really good player. You know, we, we see a lot of the times his defensive highlights um you know kind of being put in that same category as Nolan Arenado. Um I think i'm kind of i'm I'm starting to sense my theme here is i'm i'm starting to i'm going with guys who i think will be taking steps forward this year a lot and I think matt chapman's one of those guys for the a's he's seen as one of the leaders one of the main guys on that team and i think this year you know he he continues to improve really steps it up and i think he's gonna have a great season out there leading this team to the playoffs i think he's really gonna shine um out there in oakland and i think uh as he takes a step forward, leads the team to the playoffs, I think um, he's he's going to take the, uh, take that next step. Because, you know, everybody talks about his defense, but he's still got some solid hitting. I mean, last year he, he batted, uh, you know, 249. Not too great, but he's kind of – he's more of a power numbers kind of guy. 36 home runs, 91 RBIs. And I think this year we're going to um, – in a, in a full season, we see those numbers rise. I think obviously the numbers will take a step back, but that's just because of a lower sample size. But I, I think he's gonna find more of a rhythm this year, and I think he takes a step forward.
1: If Chapman finds a way to win MVP and Castillo wins the Cy Young, why you and I are going to Vegas immediately because that'll <laughs> actually be impressive if you nail
0: both of them. Dude, if I if I nail these picks, I'm I'm gonna go out and buy like five Powerball tickets. Like <laughs> I feel like I have to at that point. <laughs>
1: And a World Series ticket to the Reds, uh, Reds A's. That'll be a doozy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my maybe God. Maybe I would love go that. To games then. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. But uh, now the National League MVP, guys. Who do you think takes this one home? We've seen Mookie Betts come into the National League now. Could he be a nut, yet another guy to win an MVP in both leagues? Or does someone else take this home?
2: That's actually going to be my pick. I think Mookie Betts could have a great year, especially with the Dodgers. The Dodgers lineup is dangerous, so you can't really pitch around him. So I think Mookie Betts is going to have a fantastic year for the Dodgers. Uh, So and and hopefully, uh, I mean, I feel bad for the Dodgers, even though I shouldn't because it's the Dodgers. But like hopefully they can actually like, you know, do something this year instead of losing in like the second round of the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I, I got Mookie Betts.
1: Yeah, you got to think at some point it's going to happen. When the Royals and the Cubs have done more in the playoffs than the Dodgers have in the last 30 years, that's, that's when you know you're in trouble. Um, I'm going to go Christian Jelic um, simply because, again, I think consistency is just huge. And when you can predict pretty with, with pretty much confidence what's going to happen in a season, I think you kind of have to lean towards that when it comes to a prediction. So uh, Jelic, the last nine months, his OPS has been over 930 in each month. That alone is scary enough, but when your shortened season is reduced to just a few months, and you got a guy producing at that level, uh, month in month out, I think you have to kind of uh, put a lot of eggs in that basket. So I'd go Yelich again, focal point of that offense. I mean, yes, I guess it is different than bets where you could kind of pitch around him a little bit, but the guy's just been in a complete animal up in Milwaukee. And uh, if that's if he's anywhere near the level of production he was last year, I think uh, I think he could definitely
0: pull it in again. Yeah, both of those guys have to be uh, favorites in the conversation for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll pick a different guy, though, and I'm actually going to go uh, with an Atlanta Brave. So, shout out for you, Josh. I'm going to go with Ronald Acuna Jr. I oh, think, that's a um, mistake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just, I, the dude's a stud in the making. I, I think this year he's really going to take, again, a step forward but I think um uh, this is the year that he really uh blossoms into the the star that he's supposed to be even more so and uh, I'm gonna go with Acuna this year but Josh why do you say mistake
2: (laughs) well well you're gonna find out this year that you should never put hope into the Atlanta Braves (laughs) it's a (laughs) it's a dangerous slope right there but no Acuna uh well I mean first off uh I know we've only played two games but Acuna has not been his bat's not been fantastic so far. Uh, of course, it's very, very small sample size, but this is a small sample size season. But, uh, I mean, so far, he hasn't really been hitting as explosive or as well as we're used to. But, I mean, his fielding's pretty. His fielding's been still pretty good. Um, so, just so far, I'm not sure about that pick. But, I mean, of course, we're only two games in. So, this is just a... That's just a me thing. but
0: Right. I, one thing I do like about Acuna, though, is he's the kind of guy who can beat you in multiple kind of ways. You know, last year we saw him uh, looking at his stats. You know, we saw him with 41 home runs last year, 101 RBIs. But he was also able to bat 280 and also able to steal 37 bases, which was good enough for the league lead. So he's got pop. He's got speed. He's he's able to hit uh, decently well. I I think, you know, a guy like that, and especially a guy who's considered to be the focal point of a team for the most part, a focal point of an offense, as long as he can keep the consistency up and turn this around, because I know he's, like you mentioned, off to a slow start. As long as he can kind of get that together really quickly and keep some consistency, the ways that he can beat you in in multiple facets of the game, I think that's really going to contribute to potentially making a run at an MVP.
1: Yeah, why? That's a great point. I think, too, when you look at the shortened season, you know, guys that really can beat you in multiple different areas— you know, you're gonna have a bad week. You're gonna have a bad week at the plate, or a bad first couple games at the plate, like you alluded to, Josh. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, where do you go from there if if you're not producing at that high level day in and day out? Uh, thankfully, he's you know one of the emerging stars in the league. Uh, we see what he can do in the base pass as well as in the field and at the plate. So, I think if you got a guy that's going to be producing at all five levels um you know that's the kind of guy you want to look at as someone even in a bad week can still make up for it in other areas at an mvp level
2: now of course i, I would just like to uh, just to mention that he did play jacob Degrom, so you know that first game i will it's fine <laughs> the first game we won't necessarily count
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's that second it's, game though you got to worry about yeah you, know, you don't want to put too much stock in one game but uh if we're doing the show next week and he's at the production too, we might have to have a new, uh, new production show. <laughs> we're gonna yeah. have to re-record this. Uh, well, well, Josh, this.
0: you've got the, you've got tonight's game on. How's he doing so far? How's he doing so far at the oh, recording the time? Oh, the destroying Rick
2: Purcello right now. <laughs> it is. It, okay, we'll see. This. <laughs> is this is good I for mean, the pick? Acuna, 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 I think got a hit earlier. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to focus too much on the game. I'm trying to focus on the podcast. But, uh, yeah, it's like five two now so
1: i don't know about y'all but seeing the sunday night baseball uh notification on espn pop up really really made me smile oh yeah <laughs> it's been a while yeah now i had, missed now that. you have
2: chipper jones as a commentator on there which is very strange but <laughs>
1: he's doing a good job i saw <laughs> i saw he was trolling the meds with those uh those cardboard cutouts Oh, had. it's
2: amazing i love him oh
1: <laughs>
0: It just never stops. <laughs> yeah, and that's something I I've, I've, I love seeing is the, the the different like cardboard cutouts this year. I think that's a really cool idea, and there's a lot of fun to be had there. Uh, like Josh and I, we saw the Braves game yesterday. Uh, Adam Duvall hit a home run and, and hit straight into a cardboard cutout of a dog out there in right field. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's incredible. You got to think the guys that place those there are like, oh, there's no chance these get hit. We're just they're just three cardboard cutouts on the right field foul pole. And then sure enough, straight down the middle. Duval just absolutely right nails in the forehead ball. too,
0: <laughs> like directly yeah. in the face. And one thing I think is cool, too, is I don't know if every team's doing it, but I know some teams are is if you've purchased a cardboard cutout to be at a stadium and a foul ball hits your cardboard cutout, they are going to give you that foul ball. Because one of the fun things about being at a baseball game is if, you know, kept trying to catch a foul ball or a home run ball. But if obviously you can't do that now, but if you have bought a cardboard cutout and a ball hits it, it's yours.
1: Well, someone's going to be a lucky owner, whoever that, uh, that dog is owned by. They're going to be getting a free foul ball <laughs> distributed to their house.
2: Actually, I forgot <laughs> yeah. who it was, but that is actually a cardboard cutout of one of the Mets players' dogs. Oh, oh <laughs> just to better. add insult to injury. So,
1: <laughs> gotta <laughs> <even
0: better. laughs> gotta clear those benches.
1: <laughs> yeah, are they, are they sanitizing the ball before they deliver those? How's that? How's that going to work? Is that going to be like going under
0: COVID restrictions? I don't know. Too, I haven't looked too much into this. I just I just know I've heard the like announcers mention that, but I just think it's a really cool idea. But it's funny you mentioned sanitizing too because that reminded me of this. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Anthony Rizzo actually the other day i think it was opening day he he had some hand sanitizer in his pocket and gave it to one of the gave some to the one of the brewers players when he got the first base uh little things like that are just so fun to watch this year
1: yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how that kind of develops over time i know right now obviously it's a it's a big topic of conversation and hopefully over the next couple months or so it will kind of kind of die down and we'll just be distracted by the baseball
0: yeah um but now let's move on to our playoff predictions, what teams we think are going to make it. And uh, one thing to keep in mind, too, is with with COVID-19 and everything that's going on, some players have opted out of the season. We've seen some big names uh, opt out. Guys like Buster Posey, for example, have opted out uh, for, for health concerns. Um, some guys... Uh, have tested positive, like the nationals are without one Soto for a small period of time. Um, you know, there's, there's special, uh, injury list restriction or, uh, specifications for guys who have tested positive or, are feeling symptoms. Uh, So things like that can really impact the way teams uh, perform this year as well. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, And even now too, Bradley, you shared this with us before the show, um, Justin Verlander was reportedly going to miss the season, rest of the season with an elbow injury. But um, we got the notification right before we started uh, uh, podcasting that He's disputing this claim, stating that he thinks he can or hopes to return soon. So his status, I don't even know what's going on there now. Um, what do you, before we get into these predictions, actually, what do, you, what do you guys make of that? The fact that it was reported he's gone for the season, and then he has to say, Actually, no, I'm not.
2: I mean, it just fully depends on what the exact injury is. I think it's something to do with his elbow, which that could definitely sideline a pitcher for a while. Um, it just depends on what kind of injury it really is. I know there's not a lot of info out there about it, so I, I don't really have much to say. Uh, but obviously, obviously, if you're a player. Uh, I mean, he probably wasn't notified that he'd be he'd be sidelined for the whole season. So when he saw the reports, he was probably just pissed about it. But uh, that's probably how that went. So I mean, like we we really won't know until we know what the actual specifics of the injury are.
1: Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but when when, when you get wrong a out for the season claim on a on a star player like that, you got to feel pretty uh pretty uncomfortable as a reporter. I mean, that's somebody you really can't toss around lightly. I mean, I know obviously with the elbow strain, it's it's definitely a big deal, and you want to be careful with that on a guy his age, but um, probably better off to be sure that he truly is out before you go around spitting out that those three words.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, and it makes me wonder, too, somebody dropped the ball somewhere. It just makes me wonder, who? Was it the reporter not digging deep enough and, and double-checking things? Was it somebody within the organization, the medical staff, um, not double-checking on their end or giving the wrong information? Is uh, somebody messed up somewhere, but that's not a good look when you're one of your star pitchers has to come out and say that, no, this report is wrong. I am not out for the season. Um, not yet, anyway. And just another issue out there in Houston, a, a team that has had a plethora of issues this past uh, off season. Um and most of those we cannot feel bad for them for.
1: Yeah, I, I do think it will be interesting to see over the course of the next couple of weeks how many guys continue to either deal with injuries or if new injuries do pop up, because I do think with a shortened season and not much work in the off offseason, um, you'll probably end up seeing some pitchers that are trying to come back a little bit too quickly and just trying to get into midseason form too fast. So I would not be surprised if Erlander is just not one of many that start going down with you know certain injuries here and there, and especially for teams that know they probably don't have a shot to stay in it long. They'll probably just shut them down for the next couple months.
2: Yeah, and you don't have the luxury of the 60-day I.L., or what have you? Because it's sixty games, <laughs> you're missing pretty much the whole season at that point. So I mean, injuries are going to be a huge, huge thing for this shortened season.
0: Yeah, because in previous years, you see a guy go down for you know a month or two months, and he still got time to come back and 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 contribute later in the season. But now you go down for a month; that's half the season. You go down for two months. You might be able to return for the playoffs if you went down early enough, like right now. Um, but yeah, injuries that normally wouldn't end a season now will. So that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. But let's, let's jump right into these playoff predictions. Uh, let's, let's start um, who we think are going to win the divisions. We'll go piece by piece because division winners, runners-ups, and wild cards make it. Um, so let's, let's start. Who do, who's going to win your divisions guys? And we'll start with the American league. Who's taken, who's taken those top three seats.
2: Okay. For the American league, I'll just go, I'll just run them down real quick. I got the Yankees winning the East. Um, the central, I, the central was an interesting one for me to think about. I think the Indians might squeak away with it, but the twins are definitely there with them. And then I just can't see the Astros losing the West even without Verlander if he's gone for the season or he's out for however long I still don't they still have a really solid lineup uh so I I don't see them losing the west
1: yeah it's it's gonna be interesting I think the the AL in the past seemed to just be very clear cuts and kind of boring for lack of a better terms um I think the Yankees will probably make you know quick work of the ALES and the Rays are kind of lingering around and you know everyone's everyone's favorite beautiful losers. The Baltimore Orioles are somehow at two and one right now, so that'll be interesting <laughs> to see how that uh, transpires going forward. Uh, Central, I want to go with the Twins. I do think with the pitching staff that we've alluded to with the Indians, uh, and with if Lindor is anywhere up to par, I think the Indians are probably going to end up squeaking away with it. Uh, just never been a huge huge support of the Twins. If Josh Donaldson gets hot, they could definitely uh, definitely make a run. But I'd probably go with the Indians on that, and then. Uh, I'm actually going to change things up a little bit in the West. I think with Verlander going down, all of the things surrounding the Astros and just how you know uncomfortable and tiring this last offseason has to be. I'm gonna go with the A's. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a a, uh, a radio show a couple of uh, weeks ago, and there was a scout that said the best team by far in uh, in the spring slash summer training that he saw had to be the A's, and the pitching staff looked good. Um you were saying before why you know Matt Chapman really really turning it around and really looking for a breakout year and um I think if if we look at you know the makeup of the team as a whole this has been kind of a, a work in progress over the last uh couple of years and I think this could be a good time for them to put it together if they get hot for a month or two and and we'll see so those are my three teams.
0: Uh yeah I'm going to agree with the Yankees in the East I think that's a clear cut uh, and like you mentioned Bradley the American League for for the most part, the past few seasons does seem to be more chalky. Um, there's not too much uh, up in the air, um, but I, yeah, the Yankees are the clear-cut favorite in the East, and I just the next best team I think is the Rays out there, and I just don't think they're quite good enough yet to take them over for for the division. Um, and the Central, that one's probably the toughest one of these for me. Because you've got a really good twin squad trying to defend their seat, uh, title from last year in that division, but you've also got a, an Indians team that's still pretty good. Um, you've got a White Sox team that I think had the best offseason of any American League team that's really taken a lot of steps forward. So, have they done enough? You know, there's a lot of questions there, or, uh, you know, how much have they improved? Um, but I think the Twins are still the best team in that division. And I think just from the sheer power numbers they've got, they've still got a couple of good starters. Um, uh, I think the bullpen still needs work, but I think they've got enough to to take that division. So I like the Twins in the Central, and for the West, I love that Ace pick Bradley. I really hope it is them. Um, they've they've got a great team. I think they'll give the Astros a little more trouble than than the Astros maybe would like, or than the Astros uh, think that they will. But I still think the Astros have what it takes to win that division, and I still like Houston to to, to uh, take that division. Um, so that that's my three division winners now let's take a look at who we think are going to be those runners-ups um and then uh so let's 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 put this all together who takes a second place uh uh spot in each division and then who are your two extra teams
2: so in the east, I got the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, the Boston Red Sox, I mean, they, they, they've they been struggling so far this year. They've lost big-time games to the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, they've, they've lost two out of three so far to the Orioles. Uh, the Rays, they, they have a solid staff. they got a solid lineup. Uh, like I said, I just don't think they're good enough to beat the Yankees, but I think they can get second place. Over in the central, I got the Twins at second. Uh, White Sox very close behind them, though. And then in the west I have the A, the Athletics at second. And then for those two extra wild card teams, I think I put down I put down the White Sox and I put down the Angels cuz once again, I really Ooh. need Mike Trout in the playoffs. Like I can't stress this enough. <laughs> he needs to make the playoffs at some point. So I think the Angels can maybe sneak in there. Yeah, Josh, I
1: mean you're I hate that you go first because sometimes I'm like, wow, I'm gonna be just seconding <laughs> off of you and just uh just mirroring these picks here, but I think you nailed a right run on that. I think the Rays are, are clear cut the second best team in the A L East, uh just doing things in a very unorthodox way. But they've really put together just a sneaky, sneaky good lineup. It is funny that they're might not be many uh, much difference in the number of fans at uh, Tropicana Field, even with <laughs> a good team with no fans this year. So uh, quick slight there on them. But I think at the Central, uh, you got your your two top teams right there with the Indians and Twins. I think if, if the Indians don't take it, the Twins will, and the and Cleveland will be in second. Uh, I like the White Sox there like you said for that third pick as well and then in the west i'll probably go with the astros in second i mean again we saw what they did last year even with uh, the loss of cole and possibly verlander still have a great lineup uh, and with no distractions with no fans and nothing else going on i think the astros will still have a very productive year um i'll probably go with the angels in there again don't have much faith just from what we've seen in the last 10 years you could say <laughs> with just how they've not been producing uh much at all but if Rendon gets healthy and Trout produces this year if they can get any sort of a pitching staff I like them as a wild card team and then the White Sox as well I mean shoot I've seen a lot of these guys come up through the Charlotte system for years and years and it's about time they finally uh, made it up to the bigs and put together a pretty good roster so if if uh, Luis Robert puts together a good year as a rookie and uh, they have um, all their young talent come together as one for 60 games uh, again pitching staff's going to be Going to be a big question mark, but if they can if they can really put it together, I like those two teams, like you said, Josh, to uh, make a locker
0: Yeah, those are fun picks. Um, I I'm going to second the Rays. I think uh, the Rays are the clear cut second best team in that division. Um, they they've done a lot of great things the past few seasons. They just haven't quite been able to take that next step. Um, and I think this year is uh, you know going to be a good year for them. I think uh, they'll they'll get that second spot. I think in the Central. Um, I'm going to go actually with the White Sox because I had the Twins winning. It. I'm going I'm going to say the White Sox take the second spot away from the Indians actually. I think that they um their their, their youth I think is going to help them in that regard because it, at least until the playoffs because that inexperience means that they don't care as much. It's just more of a you know what, what if we got to lose? Let's go out there and, and we'll play some ball. And I um, I think that they're going to find some strides. I think that's going to be a team that catches some fire and benefits from getting hot. Um, so I'm going to take the White Sox number two uh, in, in the – um, uh, in the West, I'm gonna go with the A's. Um, that team is really good out there, and uh, they've done. A, again, the A's are kind of like the West Coast Rays in this sense, where they've done some good things. They've been able to make the playoffs. They just haven't been able to take that next step. But they've improved, and I think they'll. Like I said, I think they'll give the Astros a run for their money, but they won't quite um overtake them. I think that the is going to be close, though. But I like the A's out there. Uh, I think Matt Chapman, like I mentioned, I think he's going to win the MVP. I think he's going to be a huge part of that. And uh, for my two wild card teams, I'm going to take the Indians. Uh, I think they'll still have a really good year. I- I'll take them out of the Central. And uh, I'm gonna. This might be a little bit of a bull pick, but I'm gonna take the Blue Jays mm, as that second wild card out cool. of the East. Because they've okay. got a really good young core there, and if uh, Vladdy, Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, those guys can um, really take that step forward this year, if they can really find a, a groove and, and click and play some great baseball, um, and they also just added Hyunjin Ryu. I'm a huge fan of Hyunjin Ryu. Um, he's a he's an ERA machine. Keeps it really low. Uh, I think if he can find a stride and, and anchor that rotation, I think they've got a chance to uh, sneak in as a as that eighth seed. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give them some some love, and uh, I'm gonna say you know there's a chance we might see some playoff games in Buffalo, the Buffalo Blue Jays this year. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm take a nod on them.
1: I was so tempted to go to go I will say Buffalo to go with the Blue Jays <laughs> as well. Um, it really is gonna come down to which team in the American League of those young squads. Which team grows up quicker? I With a short season, like you said, that that mentality of we just don't care, let's just go play some ball, um, I think that could really, really help one of those two teams. And I think, honestly, you could see both those teams coming down to the wire in terms of uh, battling it out for record purposes for that wild card spot. So um, even though it's going to be a weird start for the Blue Jays and it might take some time to adjust, um, that, honestly, sometimes in the past has helped teams when that distraction, you might think that that would put them back, but they'd use that as kind of a motivational – Piece going forward so I think you're on the uh, on the right track with that
0: yeah so now let's take a look at the National League um we'll do it the same way guys who's your division winners over there
1: oh man the National League
2: is so difficult <laughs> the NL East yeah. I'll try not I'll try not to be a homer here but uh the NL East is going to be interesting it's going to be the Braves and the Nationals it's one of the those two um personally, I personally I think the Nationals will probably win the division. Uh, and I, I really I really I mean, the Mets and the Phillies are pretty good. They got good lineups. The Marlins are sneaky good, but I don't think they're good enough to win a majority of games against the Braves and the Nationals. I think it's going to be the head to head matchup between the Braves and the Nationals is really going to be the huge deciding factor there. But I'm going Nationals to win the division there. Uh, the Central, uh, I'm going with the Cardinals. I think that's a pretty uh, basic pick. But uh, they they have a solid team. They had a good run last year, so I think they're going to continue that. And then the West, we're going with the most boring pick of all time with the Dodgers, because it's the Dodgers. They're going to win that division for the next ten years.
1: Yeah, I'll just knock out that that West real quick and just echo what Josh said mm-hmm. about the being the uh, being the Dodgers. I mean, I know the Padres are now I believe the lone remaining undefeated team but uh, we, we like to think the law of averages will settle that pretty quick and uh, I think uh, LA will probably lock this division up probably the quickest out of any other division in baseball so uh, that should be an easy pick I'll probably go with the Braves as well just more experience under the Nationals coming off a of World Series uh, when uh, you know you see a lot of hangover sometimes especially early on and I do think they benefit a lot from that second half kick that they had of last year so I think if, if Scherzer uh, ends up going down for a week or two, and you see Strasburg potentially get injured as well. I think that could really hold them back. Uh, so I'll go with the Braves in the East. And then the Central, I, literally you could flip a four-way coin for who's going to win that division. Um, I will probably go with the Reds wide. I know you're probably going to agree with a lot of uh, what you've seen in, in the early part of the season, but uh, that lineup should win the division. That, that's all I need to say. I, I think if you look at it from a top to bottom, pitching, hitting, fielding, uh the bullpens the only question mark but right now that might be the most complete team i've seen uh in the NL Central so i'd go reds
0: thank you for saying that bradley uh <laughs> i'm going to save my red spiel for for my last pick i'm going to start like like you did with the dodgers in the west because let's face it it doesn't matter how much any of those other four teams have it's the, you look at what they did in the offseason getting mookie bets i mean the rich get richer and uh, that dodgers team is just uh, unreal um so they're going to run away with that division. I agree. They're going to they're going to be the first team that clinches uh, in the East. Again, that one, that to me is the toughest division. In in all of baseball, out of all six divisions, regardless of league, that one's the toughest for me to predict. Just because you've got the Braves, who are such a really good young squad, the the same can be said for the Phillies, who are who have made some moves. The Nationals, fresh off a World Series win, you know how much of a hangover will they have, or will the fact that this is such a late start to the season mean that maybe the hangover doesn't affect them as much? Um, and then that Mets team, where on paper they have a squad good enough to compete. But it's the Mets, so something always goes wrong with them. What's going to happen? I I'll take the Nationals. I think they'll win the division again. Um, I think uh, whoa, they've whoa, got whoa, a really whoa. good they squad. Didn't, they up.
2: didn't win the division last year. I just want to clarify. You're right, you're right. My
0: bad. Whoa, whoa, My whoa. My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> My mistake. Um, but I think they'll win the division this year. Uh, that, that two-headed monster of Scherzer and Strasburg, retaining Strasburg's huge. Now, the Rendon loss is massive, and they don't have Ryan Zimmerman. He's one of those guys to opt out of the season this year. So those are two big losses for this year. And Juan Soto not being around to start the season because of COVID, that's tough. But once Soto gets back in, as long as he's able to find his form uh, and get his back going again, I think that's going to help them. And I think they've got... A really good complete squad obviously defending champs i think they have what it takes they'll win that division in a division that i think is really going to kind of beat up on itself because there's so many really good teams and the marlins but like you said josh though that Marlins squad is kind of sneaky good like we love to to drop on the marlins a lot but like Low-key, there's a lot of really good young talent there that if they start to develop and find some stride and get into a rhythm, they could maybe make some surprise noise perhaps. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, as well, but I'll take the Nats out there. And in the Central, I'm going to go with my Reds. And, and, and like you said, Bradley, I think that they're the most complete team in the National League Central because they have, no doubt, the best rotation out there. That three-headed monster of Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, and Trevor Bauer is disgusting. Uh, the addition of a left-hander and Wade Miley this offseason is huge. Uh, and I personally think the Reds were the offseason winners in the National League um, because you look at additions like Shogo Akiyama from Japan, Mike Mustafa Nicholas Castellanos um, to bring bring those in and add to a lineup that already had guys like Joey Votto and Jesse Winker, who was getting slept on a lot, and um, Eugenio Suarez coming off a career career year last year. Uh, the, the, the lone question mark is the bullpen, but even still, I think it's the best bullpen aside from maybe the Cardinals in the Central. Um, and that's the thing that knocks the Brewers out for me, is they don't have the pitching to compete with those other teams. The Cubs are in sort of a transitional year, I think. So this division comes down to the Cardinals and the Reds for me, and I think the Reds are a more complete team, so I'm taking the Reds in the Central. Um, but what about the runners-up and wild cards, guys? Who do you have taking those second-place spots and getting those extra two spots?
2: Like I said, in the East, um, I got the Braves being the runner ups. Like I said, them and the Nationals are just above everybody else in that division, in my opinion. I'll take the Reds and the Central for that runner up. And in the West, I'm going to go with the Padres. Uh, not wholeheartedly, but I'm like 51% on that. And then for my wild card spots, I have the Rockies the Colorado Rockies cuz they're supposed to have a really solid squad this year. And then I think the Phillies might sneak in
1: the playoffs here. Wow, that is that is bold right there. I think the <laughs> wild card uh, just looking at like the American League and the National League, the wild card to me has somehow been the hardest to predict. I don't know, just because we're we're picking from a very average group of teams once we get to the bottom of the barrel here, mm-hmm. but um I just looking at these teams, I mean, there's there are probably at least four to five, maybe six squads that are going to be competing for those spots when it's all said and done. So in the East, I think I'll stick with what y'all had. I'll go with the Nationals um, as I had the Braves win the division. I'll take the Nationals uh, to finish in second. Josh, you were very quick to elude to the fact the Nationals did not win the division last year.
2: I just need uh, to make so sure good, everybody good knows that, okay?
0: <laughs> I, hey, I, I acknowledge my mistake. I back had to a back. gap. It's okay.
2: Back to back.
1: Thank hey, you very all much. <laughs> It's all about where you finish at the end, right? Uh, well, um. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Central, you know, I am really tempted to uh, take the Brewers. I'm probably going to go with the Cardinals. Um, again, I, I had Flaherty win in the Cy Young. I think that rotation is is still very strong. And, um, you know, you look at just the consistency they've, they've had over the last few years, even in down years, you just always can't count them out. So I'd go with the Cardinals in second there. Uh, the West, I'll probably go with the Padres. Young talents, I think. Um, you know, with the with the new additions they've been able to bring up. Last year was kind of a an introduction into what we might see going forward, and kind of like with the White Sox, young talent, a lot of you know unforeseen pieces that we might see uh, might see come together, might not. But if I had to put a, any money on it, I'd probably go with the Padres uh, there. And then for my wild card teams, literally just picking at random potentially here. Um, you know, I think the Central easily will get another team in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you might even see two teams. I, I think it's very possible with how, how across the board even the Cardinals, Cubs, Reds, and Brewers could end up being. I think you might even see two teams come out of there. But um, just to play the odds favorites, I'll probably go with the um, – I'll probably go with the Cubs. They've still got a good lineup. I know they've been in kind of a transition, but you said before Hendricks could have a really big year. I'll probably take the Cubs. And then if it's not the Mets or Phillies, potentially the Brewers in there as well. I don't know. For the sake of the predictions, I might just take the Mets just because I want to see something good happen to him. But I I did that (laughs) with very little confidence. (laughs) I
0: I love the reasoning there, Bradley. Um, And you know what? I I support it. Uh, I'd love to see something good happen to him for once. That fan base has suffered a lot.
1: It's pain, it's painful to pick these teams, man. It's this is why 16 teams might be too much cuz you have to do yeah. stuff like this. Oh, yeah. And it's
0: so hard too in such a short season and I and I think, you know, at the end of the season, this playoff race I think is going to be so dramatic and I think it might be the most dramatic playoff conclusion to a, a pl- conclusion to a playoff race we've seen in quite some time just because there's so many teams vying for so many spots and it is such a short season that you know a division winner could theoretically be just like five games above 500 which in normal circumstance would sound terrible but this year that's 35 and 25 so you know it's it's kind of weird to think but um for my runners up i'll take the uh i'll take the braves in the east and uh, that's a really good young squad um so if I have the Nationals, you know, you can kind of flip those either way, like you guys have said, but I'll take the Braves at second. Uh, and the same for the Reds and Cardinals in some sense in the Central. I'll take the Cardinals at second in the Central. And in the West, I'll give the nod to the Rockies for now um, for that runner's up. But I'll take uh, for my for my uh, wild cards, the Padres. I think they'll sneak in. Um, they'll have a really good season because they're, they're like the White Sox. Uh, they're another one of those. Uh, and like the White Sox and the Blue Jays, they're one of those teams that they're they're really young. So they'll kind of run on that you know mindset uh, where the inexperience, I think, can help them some. And um, I'll take the Phillies as well out of the East for a wild card. I think they'll take a step forward this year after spending all that money before last season and having it be really disappointing. I think they'll start to find a little bit more of a rhythm this year and uh, sneak into the playoffs. Um, so since there's so much of a playoff, uh, we won't go like we would normally do, um, series by series. We'll just go ahead and let's let's skip straight to the World Series. Who do you think's making it and who wins it? Riley, I'll let you go
2: first since you've been letting me go first this whole time.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. I wanted you to go first just to hear maybe what you might put down so I could maybe, maybe get a little help. Um, fun fact, real quick, before we do jump into that, I was looking. I saw an Instagram earlier this week. and I don't know if I said it to you guys or not, but... No, Marlins broadcaster Todd Hollinsworth was quoted this past week saying the Marlins have a legit shot to win the World Series this year. Um, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, we preach as as we get older, don't do drugs, kids. But that that to me, <laughs> that to me is a little far fetched, a little early. I know they they do have potential, but uh, it will not pl- be my look. <laughs> There there's some credence to that. I'll
2: give it to him every time the Marlins have made the playoffs <laughs> no. every time the Marlins have made the playoffs. They won the World Series. Now they have a better chance at making the playoffs. So he's he's not That's... he's not completely off base.
0: And I will say, too, like, like to build off of that, Josh, the second of their two World Series that they won was accidental. They weren't even, like, going into that season trying to win the World Series. They were trying to have a transitional rebuild year, caught fire, and somehow won the World Series. SB Nation did a whole video on it. It's hilarious um, that they weren't even trying to. They just accidentally won a World Series, and it screwed up their rebuild.
1: And and I know, just based off of you know historical facts i know that both times i think they've won the world series at least recently they haven't won the division either so yeah (laughs) there's a chance i mean that 16th spot up for grabs they grab it they could run with it well one of of the worst things
2: about being a braves fan is that we won like 15 division championships in a row and the marlins have won more world series in that time period than the braves did
1: Oh, that's just a dagger, right there. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> that'll a big make leaf. you lose
1: sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so World Series predictions. I, I really don't see how you can go away from the Dodgers. I mean, best team by far. Kershaw is out. You know, I think that's the only way you're going to stop this team is maybe injuries. Uh, as much as I want to see a team from the Central possibly make a run in a shortened season, you just have to go with what you know, and we all know that the Dodgers clearly have the best lineup. So I think that's just going to be very difficult for for different different teams around the league to to work around. They're just they can beat you in so many different directions. So, uh, Dodgers I think are a pretty pretty surefire pick there. Uh, American League this is where it gets interesting. Um, Yankees obviously are probably the favorites, and I think I'll probably end up just picking them for the sake of you know what I think will happen. But what I want to see happen, I really want to see Tampa Bay. Make a run. My brother has been a, a Tampa Bay Rays fan for a long, long time, and he's endured a lot of pain. But um, I, I, I really want to see it happen. And I think if, if any year you're going to see a team just surprise everybody and just find a way to make a run, um, give me a team in the East. It's either going to be Tampa or or, uh, or the Yankees. But for the sake of the prediction, I'll take New York.
2: Yeah. So it, I agree with you on the Dodgers part. Uh, it's just tough to see any any. Uh... <laughs> any damages in that armor over there uh it, they they have a great lineup great pitching uh kershaw of course is hurt but uh, it's just like a minor thing so he'll probably be back before you know it uh it's hard to pick against them really but this playoff format it, it opens things up to a lot of craziness to happen because if 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 an eight seed is going to win a world, it win a championship in sports, it can happen in baseball. Probably, uh, it's more yeah. likely than not. And like we, I mean, we all probably chose the Dodgers last year, and they loss of the nationals and that, you know how that went. Um, so, I mean, the Dodgers, it really just depends on how they play in the actual playoffs and playing more games might be detrimental to them. Who knows, but I, I, I'm going to choose them just because they're, they're the safe choice. And I think they're the best choice in the national league uh, in the American league. I'm, I'm still echoing this. I think, and I hate it because uh, I know a lot of outlets, namely a four letter network that shows sports. They love the Yankees a lot and that kind of coverage gets kind of maddening but i do think the yankees have a really good chance at winning it all this year because it's shortened season less chances for injuries to happen (laughs) which has always been that crutch to the yankees uh is the injuries so i think a shorter year they might be able to get away with any major injuries to the majority of their lineup and i think they can get hot really fast really easily so i think i got the yankees in the american league and who wins it all
1: um man that's tough i don't know for the sake of for the sake of just a a top to bottom you know if you put the lineups together i want to see yankees dodgers just for the sake of two powerhouses going at it i think that'd be extremely entertaining baseball Mm -hmm. um I'd give the nod to LA. Just I think if you put them in a series, you know, if you get one or two bad games out of Garrett Cole, I think that really is highly detrimental to the Yankees. Um, And we've seen in the past how teams that really rely on the home run ball, I know they've slowly kind of moved away from that over time, but um, we saw how many injuries they had last year. And I think in a shortened season, you know, I know it's still only 60 games, but after potentially a grueling playoffs with a lot of teams, um, I think you could potentially see the Yankees have a couple injuries at the back, the back latter half of the season. So I think just with how much depth LA has, and of course the Yankees aren't going to want to see Mookie Betts again, but they're going to probably have to. Um, I'd probably say LA finally gets it done. This is the year they're going to have to do it. Um, there's just, there's so much consistency in that land, that clubhouse. And it'd be really sad to see them not put it together this year. So I'm going to take the Dodgers.
2: I mean, I'm going to agree with you on that one. If the Dodgers don't win it this year, I'm not really sure when they can actually, it, I don't know if they can actually win. at this point but i said that last year too i mean it just keeps happening for the dodgers and i feel bad i feel bad but not because i don't really like the dodgers that much but (laughs) it it, it is it is painful hearing every year is like yeah if they don't win it this year then when are they going to win it and then it just happens every single year so uh but I, i i think the dodgers have a really good shot at winning it
0: all yeah this is tough to pick um because I agree with you guys. I think it's, it, as much as I hate to say it, it's kind of chalky, but it's probably going to wind up being Yankees-Dodgers. Because I, I, those are clearly the two best teams, and they're the, clearly the best team in each league. And as much as I'd love to see a Rays, a White Sox, an A's, a Twins, some, somebody like that in the American League, or see a Reds, a Braves, a Nationals, you know, a Padres even sneak in there, uh, as much as I'd love to see those kinds of surprises, and it's baseball, it can happen. Um, we always have to take note of that, um, and one thing to keep in mind too—that first series being only three games—it makes it more liable that something weird can happen, um, as opposed to a five or seven-game series, because uh, you only need two to win. But I just—it's hard for me to think that it won't be the Yankees and Dodgers because they're just so deep and so dangerous, not just on the at the at the plate, but also on the mound. Um, I'll I'll go against the grain of you guys i'll take the yankees in that one as much as it pains me to pick the yankees for a world series um i'm picking them not because i think the yankees are the better team because i think the dodgers are the more complete team there i'm gonna pick the yankees because the dodgers choke when it matters most they've shown that time and time again the past few seasons and i'm going with the same mindset as to why i cannot in college football, I cannot pick um, Michigan to beat Ohio State as long as Jim Harbaugh is the head coach because until they prove to me that they can, I have to believe that they cannot, right? So for me, it's the it's a, it's a similar thing for the Dodgers. Until they prove to me that they can take that next step and win it all, I have to believe that they cannot as long as Dave Roberts is their manager.
1: Yeah, I would I would 100% agree. On another note, just curious um, – biases aside like you can't pick your own your own team and we know I won't but who what is one team that you think has somewhat of a realistic chance to win and that you want to see them win just for the sake of this being kind of a weird year what would be the one team that if like if they ended up winning the World Series, you would say honestly that's like really really cool.
0: Oh, and, and a, a team that we think has a legitimate chance to as well, not just like oh I'd like to see the Marlins win it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like a team a team that you know is or a team that you pick to make the playoffs that would be really okay. cool to see them just kind of make a run and end up winning the whole thing this year.
2: Um, uh, I was telling Wyatt the other day, I think it'd be an amazing World Series. If we had the Oakland A's versus the San Diego Padres because it would just be West Coast Oriented and no one would watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so my choice is the Oakland A's because the Oakland A's, I have a soft spot for them. I would consider them my American League team, I suppose. I have a soft spot for the A's. I love the elephant. I love their colors. Uh, They also have a big A as their logo like the Braves do. So uh, I, I, think, I think the Oakland A's, yeah. Yeah, I am... Yeah, um,
0: oh, go on, Wyatt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, I can echo that sentiment. For me, it's... Out of the American League, it's it's either the A's or the Rays, um, uh, and because uh, both of those teams are very similar to me, um, and I'd love to see them have some success. I'd love to see them uh, make it all the way and, and finally take that complete that journey. And uh, but more so because I have the Padres in, and I'm gonna I'm gonna actually pick the Padres just because. Um, I would really – because I have them in the playoffs and that was our part of our restriction. I would really like to see the Padres get something because it feels like for as long as I can remember, one consistency is that the Padres have just always been a cellar dweller. You know, I've seen so many teams at least have some moments. I've seen teams like the Royals come and go. The Mets at least made a World Series. You know um, – We've seen the Cubs break their 108 year curse. You know, we've seen just about every team have some kind of success except for the Padres. That's kind of been the one lone consistency that I can remember that I just haven't seen them do anything. And I would love to see them now with those new uniforms who are kind of taking a modern take on their old brown and yellow color scheme. Like, I would kind of love to see them just finally, like, stop being terrible and finally win a World Series.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you all. I think the A's, like you said, Josh, hold a soft spot in my heart just because I absolutely love the movie Moneyball. I think mean, that would be awesome just to see Billy Bean finally win that final game. Um, I think it'd be a huge slap in the face and honestly kind of hilarious if the Astros ended up beating the Dodgers in the World Series again Ooh. after all we've seen. Yeah, um, that, that would, that be would just be a huge middle finger to the entire sports world <laughs> um and to see them actually you know we can't assume anything but do it the right way i think that'd be really interesting um and then honestly josh just for you and even honestly but for both of you guys to see the braves or reds actually pull together because i know we've done, been doing this show for a couple of years now and uh it'd be really cool to see one of y'all um have a team in it when it's all said and done so yeah it would be nice wouldn't it <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Appreciate that Bradley now, also,
1: I, <laughs> I'd love to see if you guys were playing each other In the NLCS That would cause a uh, an interesting little uh, Rift here in our show I'd have to build I, a I wall had that in thought, our apartment honestly.
0: Yeah <laughs> I, I had that thought. I think our, our ideal scenario almost is that NLCS between the Reds and the Braves, but at the same time, it's it's an apartment divided for about a week there.
2: Look, in my personal, my opinion, as long as we don't lose to the freaking Cardinals again in the playoffs, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> That's all I ask. As, as Hey, as long as I don't, as long as we don't get no hit by the Phillies or... Uh, <laughs> have to deal with quato chance or, or anybody chanting yes. our, our uh our pitcher's name and forcing him to drop the baseball looking at you bradley <laughs> well you don't
2: have to worry about chance this year so you're fine on that end
0: oh yeah that's true that's true uh that, that hey, quato man, thing still in haunts noise. my nightmares
1: <laughs> you can pump in crowd noise it is
0: possible <laughs> that's true they, they have been doing that um so, yeah, sounds like we're, we're all on board with the Yankees and Dodgers. Boring, I know, but this will get updated, I'm sure, once we get to the actual playoffs and we start to see what teams are working with. Um, but real quick, before we get out of here, let's end on some interesting news. And uh, this is coming out of recent events. Uh, in case you've been living under a rock, you're probably well aware of the changing social climate uh, people becoming more aware of racial uh, insensitivities, and sensitivities racial injustices and in, uh, within not just this country but the world and uh, one thing that's coming out of this is sports teams some of their names are starting to get put under more of a scrutinous microscope we've seen it with the Washington uh, football team as they're now called changing their name um, which I never thought I'd see as long as Dan Snyder was the owner um, And one of those teams to now come under the microscope there is the Cleveland Indians. We've seen in recent years uh, their elimination of the Chief Wahoo logo, Uh, but now it's the team name um, that's pinned as the next step forward. Uh, When when Washington and the NFL released their press release saying that they were going to look into their name, the Indians within the 24 hours after kind of delivered a similar response, which kind of almost entails that the name is going to be changed soon. Um, guys, what do you make of this, uh, probability that the Indians change their name? And, uh, what do you think they should change it to? Do you have any ideas?
2: Well, uh, I'll start it off saying it's not very shocking. I mean, after getting rid of Chief Wahoo a couple years ago, it's not very shocking that they'll go change their name. Uh, Chief Wahoo was very racially insensitive, of course. Uh, it's just a racist character, character caricature, if I could talk. Uh, and, uh, the Indians name, I, I mean... Obviously, I'm not Native American, so I mean, I can't really talk on it. But I I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad name other than it's not really. Uh, it is an offensive name just because that's not what they're not from India. So I can see that. Uh, but it makes sense that they're changing it. And uh, to your point of what they will change it to, I have heard a lot about changing it to the Cleveland Spiders, which is notoriously the worst baseball team in the history of baseball. And I'm down for that. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Josh, I agree with you on the on the uh, front end. Just, I think this is probably a, a good time to be doing. It if they're going to change it, I mean, we just what we've seen with the uh, the football team now. I, I don't want to misspeak misspoke again, but yeah, uh, I think it's it's probably just in the car, just going to end up happening. I've actually got the odd sharks um, betting odds up here pulled up for what the name change is going to be. Um, and I, I couldn't help but laugh for the sake of not ruining this podcast audio, I decided not to let out a huge <laughs> laugh, but at 750 to 1 odds, the Cleveland Rocks, which I think <laughs> would just be what? What? perfect if they finished it dead last because, I mean, that, that name alone just screams we lost, like, 80% of our game. <laughs> I uh, mean, the,
0: I, um, I get, they get where they're coming from there because, like, it's the site of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but, like, <laughs> They can, change to lock their, uh, bottom.
2: they can change yeah, their theme yeah. song to that uh that cleveland tourism video on youtube which is hilarious um
1: if you guys haven't seen it <laughs> no i haven't, I, I, haven't. I, I know you 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 can do a lot with this this name though i think this could be this could go a long ways but the rocks is easily the worst option Oof. i don't know i kind of i kind of like it that's, for a single a team yeah that's Unless a good minor saying. league name mm some of these names just are way too much like a triple a or a double a kind of kind of name um the spiders is on there the cleveland guardians which i actually think is a pretty decent name um and some of the logos look look pretty cool um the wild things that i mean that just screams <laughs> we're, we're single a with okay. like a terrible terrible jerseys um and then the cleveland buckeyes which i think would just be a little weird having ohio state and cleveland both the exact same mascot but Mm. I, I don't think Ohio State would be okay with that. Not one bet. <laughs>
0: Probably <laughs> not, not no. I know Army raised a lot of concerns uh, after the Vegas Golden Knights chose their name because it's very similar to Black Knights. Um, mm-hmm. So you might see something very similar happen if that were the case. Uh, but yeah, to echo your sentiments, guys, I mean, I, I figured we'd all be in agreement here that it's time for this name to change. And, you know, while it may not be theoretically as bad as the Washington football team's name used to be it, when you're talking about racial insensitivities comparing and saying well one's not as bad it, it doesn't really help it's like saying oh i got stabbed it's not like i got shot though they're both pretty bad um so i think you know it's 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 like you mentioned josh getting rid of chief wahoo that that was a good first step and i think the big second step to take is is changing the name um it's 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 politically incorrect it's insensitive and it's it's not the uh, appropriate name and it's also you know using an entire group of people as a mascot and it's hard for us as as white ma- uh, as white guys to talk about this because we don't have these same experiences um and one thing i'll applaud the indians for doing is i've seen recently too that they're going to reach out to native americans and talk to them to get their perspectives um and i think that's that's a good step to take and i think other teams too we might see the braves or the chiefs i think it, it might, that might be a good idea on their part as well because those names i think are next to come under uh come under scrutiny potentially um it, it's yet to be seen what 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 happens with teams like that um but i think it's definitely well past time to change this name uh i i've seen a lot of the spiders talk i think the spiders would be a good name revert back to the spiders um i think that would be really cool uh, it's, it's certainly a unique name and I, I like uniqueness with sports names. I like, you know, like tigers are cool as an animal, but there's so many things named the tigers, you know, that that's just the first example I thought of. So like, let's, let's, let's go with something that none, that you don't really see much of. And I think spiders is a good example. Um, something to do with music since Cleveland is the home of the rock and roll hall of fame, maybe not rocks. Um, <laughs> maybe not rocks, but I think I know. you know I'm there, kind there, there's
2: there's I'm plenty kind of coming around to it. I'm kind of digging it now, <laughs> dude.
1: It's growing on me, man. I mean, I could absolutely get behind um getting a rocks jersey without a doubt.
0: <laughs> uh, that would certainly be interesting. So I, I I think there's definitely some directions to take there as well. Um, some potential options for that. So this is definitely going to be interesting to see. I don't think we're going to see any any anything until the off season at the earliest just because i doubt we'll see a name change mid-season um especially now that the season has started but i think once we get to the off season and they they're able to really delve more into this and there's no like games being played to distract from it i think uh next season the cleveland baseball team will have a different name than indians um i think i i think we can almost uh say that with certainty. Um, it's it's not a guarantee, but it's about as close to a guarantee as we can get, I think. And I think it's for the better. And it's probably about time.
1: Yeah, I'm reading here about the, uh, the history of the Spiders. And it was kind of funny in the Sporting News article. It said the uh, history of the Spiders is actually pretty interesting as the team owners decided to buy a second team and moved all the good players there. Somehow, this ended up being legal, and this left the spiders to rot as they finished twenty and one hundred and thirty-four. Yep, easily the worst record in MLB history.
0: Oh my goodness! I
1: think it's a great name to switch to. <laughs> Just obviously,
0: build from there.
2: Fly a banner. Fly a banner. Why not? Yeah. Wor- worst team in history. Why not? I mean, might as well.
0: Turn turn your fortunes around. <laughs>
1: And, and I will say some of these logos are actually pretty cool, too. They incorporate like the C from Cleveland inside the spider logo. And then they also have the bottom of the spider at baseball, which I think is actually pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. Um, so you could play around a lot with this.
0: Yeah, I've seen uh, on the spiders. I've seen one concept uniform somebody made where they took the C logo that they've switched to after replacing Chief Wahoo. And they put in the in the top left corner of it. Uh, they put like part of a spider web within the C. Yeah. And I thought that looked really cool.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is by far out of the logos here. Hypothetically, I'm looking at spiders is easily the best one. And you're right. Like it's different. It'd be cool to have something just unique that, you know, outside of, you know, Richmond, Virginia, you're not going to find any other any mascots out there. So I like it a lot.
0: Yeah. So it, uh, this is something to keep an eye on. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And uh, similarly, too, it's, it's interesting to keep an eye on. Um, and, and, and just looking at baseball, uh, a team like the Braves as well, because um, it, it seems like the Tomahawk Chop is probably on the way out there. But they've recently said that right now they don't have any plans to change their name. So it's interesting to see. You know, especially as this Cleveland saga continues, and once they start to get further along in this name change process, how much attention gets shifted to the Braves potentially changing their name, or if that happens at all, uh, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on 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 that as well. Um, um, so, this is definitely an interesting saga to follow.
2: It is interesting. So, when when talking about the Braves, so the name Braves is not necessarily racist. I mean, it's the same as like the Chiefs or the Warriors. It's just it's just a but the tomahawk chop all the all the tomahawk uh iconographic that the Braves have that is a little bit more problematic and the Braves have said that they're going to take a look into that they said they're not going to change the name but they'll take a look at all the tomahawks so and and our hashtag this year our hashtag last year was chop on because that's our usual hashtag it's, this year it's for the a so i i'm i'm, I'm thinking that they're going to slowly phase out all the tomahawks and stuff like that. We're just gonna we're the the tomahawks not no longer gonna be on our jerseys or anything like that. Uh, I think it's just gonna be just Atlanta, and I mean it works. I mean our logo isn't based off of Native American, you know, stuff. It's just an, a cursive A. So uh, the Braves have a lot more leverage here, but uh, the name, the actual name of the Braves, I don't think is necessarily problematic. Like I said, it's kind of the same as the Warriors and the Chiefs. But then again, I am a white guy, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, and it will be <laughs> it will be interesting to see if, you know, obviously Florida State and the Braves have um, similar, you know, uh, interest in the Tomahawk Chop they do it at, at both their games. But it will be interesting to see because I know Florida State has asked the Seminole Tribe if they're cool continuing using it, and they said they were fine. So it will be interesting to see if both of those teams – you know, kind of pair up and what they do going forward with kind of out of receiver that.
0: Yeah. And that's one thing I think Florida state sets. I'm glad you mentioned that Bradley. And I think Florida state really sets the model because like you mentioned, they have a really good working relationship with the Seminole tribe. They don't just use that name because it sounds cool. You know, they use it because they want to honor the tribe and, and that's what they do. And they work with the tribe closely. Um, the, you know that's not just some dude dressed up as a Native American on a horse before football games. That's an actual Seminole, uh, as far as I know. Um, you know things like that. They they try to be as respectful about it, and I think that's why I applaud the Indians in this process. They want to reach out to Native Americans to talk to them to get their perspectives, and I think. Um, the Braves, teams like the Braves should also probably do similar things uh, as they look into things like the Tomahawk Chop, uh, as you mentioned, Josh, the, the Tomahawk imagery, you know, and even like the name itself, just to be safe. Like, I think that that would be a good model to follow as well. Reach out to local Native American tribes, reach out and, and, and get their thoughts and their perspectives and see how much you can learn. And if there's a way to maybe develop even some working relationships with local tribes, similarly to how uh, Florida State has done with the Seminole tribe. So I think that would be a a decent model to follow as well, potentially. But, uh, guys, I think that is all we've got on the pod today. Um, So sorry for all of you. I know this was kind of a longer episode, but beginning of the season, a lot to discuss. Um, So as we mentioned, we've attempted analysis. Our predictions are probably going to be wrong. Hot takes guaranteed. We'll have some more for you next week, I'm sure. Um, But, guys, any last parting thoughts?
1: Um, I am happy to know that since we since we do preach all the time, how awful we are predicting that single handedly means the Yankees and Dodgers won't win the World Series. So honestly, I'm pretty happy with it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good point. Um, my 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 closing statement is can the MLB team stop making mascots come to work? I'm getting depressed looking at all these mascots just sitting in chairs doing nothing. Like why? Why are they there? What are you
1: doing? Yeah, <laughs> the Philly I agree fanatic that was. Yeah, the, the Philly fanatic was probably the most depressing of all. Just there, dressed up like like normal, and I mean, he already looks depressed
2: as it and is. And it's so like ninety-five it degrees outside too. Like, come on, give cut him some slack.
0: Oh, <laughs> Hey, I'll give the Philly fanatic credit though. This is why he's the best mascot in baseball because he was still out there like trying to pump up the cardboard cutouts. He was still getting into it a, a little bit. So, but it is sad to just see them just sitting out there all alone uh with nothing to do, nobody to hype up. It's it, it I that's a good point, Josh. I agree. Hey,
1: that's a that's a pretty easy way to make a little side money though. You have absolutely zero obligations as a mascot.
0: That is true. <laughs> That's true, they can't yell at you for just sitting down now.
1: Yeah, you basically get just free tickets to a game and you just gotta be sweltering hot while you do it.
0: There's worse situations to be in. So, you know, (laughs) it depends on how much you really want to see some baseball, I guess. But I think that is going to just about do it for us. So Bradley, Josh, thanks for coming on. We're going to be back next week with more of the Triple Play podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this first episode. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell the people you don't know that you just met. Check out the Triple Play podcast here, and we'll be back next week to talk some more baseball and turn another Triple Play. Uh, until then, get out there, play ball, and, or, well, enjoy some baseball. Maybe don't play. Social distance. Let's keep it safe. Uh, <laughs> But y'all stay safe out there and we'll see you next week with another episode of the Triple Play podcast. Thanks for tuning in.